Okay, so two weeks ago, I spoke about great faith. How many of you remember great faith? And I said the reason why we need great faith is because uh, God has given every one of you a great vision. Hallelujah. Now, you might not believe that, and the reason why you don't believe that is because you're believing the lie of the devil. You're letting him tell you that you're a nobody, that you're a failure, you'll be just like your dad or your uncle who failed and they lost businesses. But if you believe what God says about you, amen, and you confess that, then you need to realize that you have great faith because God has placed a great vision and a great purpose and a great destiny on the inside of every human being. If that was not true, then it would mean that God was partial and he had favorites. But how many of you know that God does not have favorites? Hallelujah. He loves everybody, and you are not a mistake. I don't care what your mother said, and, and, and you, you were not planned, and you, know, and, and you just popped out. No, no, that did not happen. You were in the mind of God. God knew that all of that would happen. So you need to dispel all that negativity about you and start to believe who it is that you are in Christ. Outside of Christ, I'm a terrible person. You don't want to be around me when I'm outside of Christ. In fact, I've, and I've said this before, every human being without God is reduced to the level of an animal. Now, that's got nothing to do with what color you are. I'm talking about as human beings. A human being without God is reduced to the level of an animal. Very quiet in this place this morning. But in Christ, when you find Jesus Christ and you come in Him and you are in Christ, my goodness, things begin to change. Would you look at somebody and tell them, I look a whole lot better in Christ than outside of Christ. Come on, look at somebody else and tell them, I look a whole lot better in Christ than out of Christ. That's a fact. So you have great faith because there's a great vision, there's a great purpose, there's a great job inside of you. Maybe you haven't figured that out yet because you've been going with what everybody else has been going but if you listen to what God has been saying and what he's been saying about you and what you can do and what you have in him, then you need to realize there's a great job for you to do. Would you turn to three people and tell them, I have a great job to do for God. Hallelujah. I really pray that you believe that with all of your heart this, this morning that you don't get to where you're 80, 90, and then now you're regretting, and suddenly you're beginning to realize, no, there's a great job. You have a great job, and for a great job, you need great faith. Would you lift your hands and say, I'm a great person because of great faith. I am capable of doing great things for the king and his kingdom. Now, 2 Kings chapter 6 is quite an interesting story because it speaks about these guys that are wanting to make room and to expand. Hallelujah. Amen. And not only that, but it talks about how to deal with, with adversities and troubles that come our way. And you would think that just by looking at the story that when the guy lost the axe head that was borrowed, you would think that everything 
would come to a grinding halt. Well, that's it. We've done our best, and there's nothing more that we can do. It's finished. It's all over. But I'm here to tell you this morning, it's not over until God says it's over. Hallelujah. And that's the reason why, if you look at this picture on the, on the screen right now, we've got a typewriter, but there's, there's a symbol which is the semicolon. Can you see that? The semicolon symbol. Can anybody, everybody see that? And the reason why, if you're reading a sentence and you see a semicolon, the semicolon does not denote the end of that sentence. It's telling you, take a bit of a pause, gather yourself a little bit, take a deep breath in, because actually the story continues and we're going to move past the semicolon. We're going to move past the accent being drowned. We're going to move past what he said you're not able to do and past all the adversity. We're going to move past all the mountains. We're going to move past all the giants. We're going to move past all the obstacles. We're going to move past all the hindrances. Because why? The story continues. Can I get an amen on that, on that thing right now? Hallelujah. So when you look at your notes, I've said there, uh, the, semi, the symbol semicolon doesn't mark the end of the thing, but rather the continuation. Can I get an amen? In other words, what I'm saying is there might be a slight pause, but that's all it is. It's only a pause. It's just a semicolon. Hallelujah. The work continues. The mission continues. The task that God has given to you and I continues. Building the dome continues. There might be a slight pause, but building the dome continues. Winning the lost at any cost continues. Helping people find their freedom continues. Helping people discover what their purpose is continues. Helping people make a difference continues. Worshiping together as the body of Christ continues. Hallelujah. Can you say praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. Amen. And this brings me to my second slide. When we think about the semicolon also, there is a similarity and a parallel between the symbol semicolon and leaven that we see in the Bible. Now, all of you theologians, don't jump up right now. Oh, but Jesus said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and beware of the leaven of the Sadducees and beware of the leaven of Herod. And that talks about sin and that talks about all the stuff that's creeping into the kingdom that's dark and wicked. And I know, I know, I know. I know, but there's also a positive side to that as well. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Come on now. Look at what Jesus said in Luke 13, verse 20. And again, Jesus said, to what shall I liken the kingdom of God? It is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal until it was all leavened. The amazing thing about leaven is you don't need a whole lot. You just need some. And you put it in, that's also yeast, by the way. You put it into the dough, a whole lump of dough, and just a little bit of leaven. Dough, leaven. Dough, leaven. 
And it's amazing how the small quantity of, of leaven is able to influence and change the whole dynamics of the dough. That if you don't put the leaven or the yeast in, the dough becomes ineffective because the leaven or the yeast causes, causes, I, 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 I've never eaten a flat cake. A flat cake. Imagine eating a flat chocolate cake. But it's the yeast, the leaven, that causes the dough to rise. And look how small that leaven is. And you put it in, you can't even see the yeast. And quietly, it's working. Hallelujah. Do you know that's how I see the kingdom of God? Hallelujah. I know that they're talking about the leaving of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all of that, and you can pipe on about all the negativity, but I see something else, hallelujah. I see that all you need is just a few believers that are out there in the world, in the government places, in the bank places, in the hospital places, in the police force. Come on, in Itaquini down there, and you might have all those that are in authority, but you've got, you got a believer that's there, and what are they doing? Unbeknownst, unseen, unnoticed. Hallelujah. They're talking, and they're praying, and they're laying hands, and they're prophesying, and they're praying for people, and quietly, quietly, what's happening is they're causing God to rise in that other person's heart, and they're causing the kingdom of God to expand. Hallelujah. Can you say praise the Lord? One of the definitions of uh, leaven is there. It says there it's an element, an influence, or agent that works subtly to lighten, enliven, or modify a whole. Hallelujah. Can you say praise the Lord? So even though people might think, well, there's nothing happening. Well, the church is getting weaker and weaker. Well, you know, people are, are, are backsliding. People are leaving the church. No, quietly, quietly. While, while we're sleeping, while we're not watching, while we are unobservant, God is busy working behind the scenes. Hallelujah. Come on, he's busy working behind the scenes. This is what Jesus said in Mark 4. 26, I think it is. He said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. See, that's the miracle. That's the miracle of the kingdom. That's the supernatural element of the kingdom. What we cannot see, what we cannot hear, hallelujah, that's why we must never stop praying for people to come to know the Lord. You look at somebody and you think, how on earth are they going to get saved? Don't worry about that. God is secretly working. There's, there's, there's righteous leaven that has been deposited. The seed is there. And while we're sleeping and going about our day-to-day -day activity, God is busy orchestrating. God is busy saving. God is busy convicting. It might be a dream in the middle of the night. It might be, I don't know, angels that appear to somebody. But God is doing some incredible things behind the scenes that we know not of. Can you say praise the Lord? Bump your neighbor and say, neighbor, I like it. The story continues. 
It's not over until God says it's over. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. That's what's happening. And the, and the key to understand this is that every time somebody comes in and that righteous leaven in somebody, whoever it is, is causing the kingdom of God to get bigger and bigger and bigger, which brings me to my next slide. The kingdom of God is always only ever increasing. Don't, be li don't believe lies that come out there. The kingdom of God is always only ever increasing. Well, praise God, Pastor. My theology is that by the time Jesus comes back, it's going to be about just four of us and no more. Four and no more. And we're going to be holding on for dear life. Holding on for Jesus to come. And if Jesus doesn't come, oh, I don't know if I can hold on. I'm, I'm about to backslide. I'm about to backslide. Jesus, you better come now before I backslide. If that's your theology, that's no theology at all. John on the Isle of Patmos sees an innumerable company of people from all walks, all colors, all cultures, all ethnicities, worshiping at the throne of God. He didn't see 144,000. You've heard me say this before. If I was God the Father, and if I thought 144,000, I'd say, Jesus, you ain't going anywhere. Stay here, son. If sending you and putting you on the cross and causing the agony and the separation for a, what? 144. And how many people in the world? Seven billion. Seven billion. Seven billion people. And the best that the cross can do is 144,000. Stay here, Jesus. You don't, you don't need to go. No, they'll sort themselves out. They'll probably go to hell or whatever. But you, 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 you how many of you get the idea? Hallelujah. The kingdom of God is always only ever increasing. Let me give you some scriptures that back that up, all right? So Isaiah 9 and verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be in his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counsel, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the decrease, what? Of the increase of his kingdom and peace. It doesn't stop there. What else does it say? There will be no end. Hallelujah. I want you to understand that we are already a part of something that cannot fail and can only get better and better and better and better and better and better and better. Lift your hands and say, I'm part of something that cannot fail, impossible to fail, but can only get better and better and better and better. My marriage is getting better and better. My finances are getting. My mind is getting. My body is getting. You got it. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 3 and 6, it says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. 
If you, if you believe that God is not a God of increase, you may as well throw your Bible away. He's the God of increase. I'm not talking about this increase. <laughs> so then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. You want some more scriptures? I'll give you some more. Colossians 2 and, and verse 16. So let no one judge you in food or drink or regarding festival, new moon, Sabbaths, which are shadow of things to come, but the substances of Christ. Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, etc., etc. Verse 19, and not holding fast to the head from whom all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. Hallelujah. Psalm 115, verse 14, may the Lord give you increase, less and less, more and more. I want you to get this into your spirit this morning. Deuteronomy 16, verse 15, seven days shalt thou keep a solemn feast unto the Lord. This is the old King James Version. Thy God in the place where the Lord shall choose because the Lord thy God shall bless thee in all thine increase. Psalm 67, verse 5, let the peoples praise you, O God, let all the peoples praise you, then the earth shall yield her increase. Even the, even the earth knows to increase. Psalm 85, 12, yes, the Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Hallelujah. So no matter what it is that you're going through, I'm here to tell you that God is the God of increase. You need to write that down. God is the God of increase. And He wants to increase every one of us in every area, in every sphere of your life. He's the God of multiplication and He hasn't changed. Hallelujah. As a matter of fact, God is behind your increase. Look at somebody right now and tell them, God is behind my increase. If you want to know, if you want to know about my life, if you want to know about my success, if you want to know about my prosperity, God is behind my increase. Hallelujah. When you look at the story of Ruth, I mean, you know that she goes into the field and for the whole day she begins to glean the field. And the Bible says that she came back with like 10 days worth of labor. 10 days worth of labor. And there's no doubt she worked hard. She was there early till late. But can I show you what it was or who it was that caused her in one day to get 10 days gleaning done? If you look at Ruth chapter 2, verse 16, there's a man by the name of Boaz. Boaz. And he gives instructions to his workers. Look at what he says. Look at what he says. Some of you are going to get this. He says, now listen. Also, let grain from the bundles, let them fall purposely for her. Leave it that she may glean and do not rebuke her. Hallelujah. How many of you know that Jesus is our heavenly Boaz? 
And even though you are working, hallelujah, He is causing people to favor you and for people to somehow, I don't know, I cannot explain it, but I'm dropping some blessings and there's increase that didn't come because you worked 26 hours out of 24 hours. No, you worked a good day's work, but God, your heavenly Boaz, gave you the increase. Look at somebody and tell them, God, my heavenly Boaz, gives me the increase. Look at somebody else and tell them, if he did it for Ruth, he can do it for you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Galatians 3, verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Aren't you glad about that? Having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing, that the what? That the what? That the blessing of Abram. The word blessing actually means to be empowered, empowered to prosper and increase. The word blessing. What does it mean? Empowered to what? Mm-mm. No, no, no. Some of you are prosper. It's like you're shy to say that word. Don't be shy. Don't, don't apologize for God rewarding your faith and blessing you. Say with me, the word blessing means to be empowered for prosperity and increase. I am empowered to prosper and to increase in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. In other words, I'm getting all this out to you because it's important for you to know that it is God's will. It is God's will that you increase in every area of your life. I don't know how else to get this into you. But that needs to come to you, not because it's a fact, but because Whoa, really? Is, is it God's will for me to increase? Is it God's will for me to increase in every area of my life? Absolutely. Look at Genesis 1.28. You know the you know Scripture. You know the Scripture. God blessed Adam and Eve and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion. That's God's original intent for mankind. And family, whether you're here in Phoenix in Hillcrest, down in Galway, whether you, wherever you're watching in this wild world, God has not changed his mind. I am the Lord thy God that changeth not. Hallelujah. Is this helping some of you this morning? Let's look at Mark 4, Mark 4, 24. Then he said to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has to him, more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has, will be taken away from him. Now, it's not saying that God's being mean and if, you go, if you're poor, you're going to be even more poor. It's talking about your ability to hear the word and to mix it with faith. In other words, when you look at this verse of Scripture, it's telling us that actually you determine the level of increase in your life. 
You, 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 you determine. No, no. Sororamaposa doesn't determine it. Tito Mboweni, good man, doesn't, he, 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 does, he doesn't determine it. The boss that you're working for does not determine the level of increase that you can move into. I need you to really get a hold of this. Some of, our, some of us are locked into believing that, you know, he's going to do it. My boss is going to do it. The government's going to do it. Cyril's going to do it. He's going to do it. Frank Sinatra, who's dead, is going to do it. Elvis Presley is going to do it. This, I don't know. I don't know. Nobody's going to do it for you. You determine the level of increase. Here's my next frame. Our level of increase is directly related to the amount of faith we have in the Word of God. And here Jesus is basically saying that we decide how much increase we can experience. Hallelujah. Brother Vasu, there's no limit here. You determine the level of increase. Alan, you determine the level of increase. Amen. If you hear the word and believe it, mixing it with faith, what can you expect? Increase. If you hear the word and mix it with doubt and unbelief, what happens? You either just stay the same or you begin to regress. That's why it's important who you're hanging around with. A lot of people that fuzzle up your brain, a lot of strange teaching, strange doctrine out there. And when you look at their lives, they've actually got zero. There's nothing there. So I don't know what, the, the, revela if your revelation doesn't amount to something, then <laughs> what are you talking about? Don't talk to me, show me. Don't, no, 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 don't talk to me, show me. Show me. Oh, I'm a grace man. Well, show me how your life abounds with so much great grace that you're not able to judge people and criticize people because we're not in the same level of faith or grace as you are in. But actually, from this scripture, you determine. Now, look at Romans 4. It says, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. So here's my next frame. Important that we vocalize our faith and speak increase over our lives. Nobody is going to speak increase over your life. There's nobody right now that's waking up and saying, oh my goodness, I really wish that, you know, um, Philip would increase. Lord, come on, we've got to do something now for Philip. No, they worried about themselves. The only person that's going to make it happen for you is you. And you have to vocalize and speak increase. Because the Bible says God did it. God calls those things that do not exist as though they are. He calls those things that are not as though they are. Hallelujah. So when your finances look bleak, what are you going to do? Cry? Speak to them. Speak to your finances. Hmm? When your body is sick, what are you going to do? Cry? Speak to your body. Hallelujah. When your faith is weak and you feel afraid, what, what should you do? Get the word on the inside of you and start declaring boldness. Start letting courage and faith, hallelujah, rise up on the inside of you. When you face your mountain, what are you going to do? You're going to speak to that mountain. 
When you see that giant, hallelujah, who stinks, who hasn't bathed for probably three, six months, what are you going to do? You're going to speak to that giant. When you got that problem knocking at your door, what are you going to go and do? Hide under the bed? You're going to go to the door, open that door and say, what's your problem, problem? I'm your problem. I'm your problem. You came to the wrong house. I'm your problem. Speak to your problem, hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Mark eleven twenty three. for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes, but believes, but believes that those things he says will be done. He or she will have whatever he says. If you believe it enough, you will have what you say. If you believe that the things you say will come to pass, they'll come to pass. You will have what you believe and say. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen? So we speak to our body. We speak to our finances. We speak into our children's lives. Why? Because they were created to expand and carry on the legacy that God started in you. Hallelujah. Every single part of your life was meant to expand and increase, except your stomach. But anyways... You were created in the image of God, and the Word says that His kingdom is an ever-expanding, increasing kingdom. And if He is the God of increase, and He's your God, then it means that everything about you will increase as well. Can you say amen? amen. I want you to stand up to your feet this morning. Amen. And I want you to make this declaration, all right, right across the campuses, I want you to fill your lungs with air, prophesy, declare this over your life. Say after me, thank you, Father, for your word that says what you started in me, you in fact will complete and perfect. I am your workmanship created for good works. And even though there may appear to be a slight pause in my life, unbeknownst to people, you, Lord, are secretly at work in me, and therefore I am work in progress. It is your will that I increase in every area of my life. I am empowered to prosper and to increase, and right now, with my heart I believe, and with my mouth I declare, and I speak increase over my mind, over my marriage, over my dreams, over my business, over my family, my children, my finances, my ministry, over this church. This will be my year of supernatural increase and prosperity in Jesus' name. If you believe that, give the Lord a praise offering this morning. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, tonight, I'm going to do part two to this sermon, all right? So there are notes. 
and it's going to get really meaty and nice. So I want you to come get the word on the inside of you. We're going to do part two, and then next week I'll do part three. But all of this is about the floating axe head, all right? And I believe that you will be blessed. With every head bowed, every eye closed before we go, you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you've come in here this morning, whether it's here in Mayville, Galway, Phoenix, or even uh, Hillcrest, and you say, Pastor, my life is not right with God. I have no peace. I'm away from God. For whatever reason, I'm here today to tell you that if you want increase, it begins by receiving the God of increase. And this morning, let me tell you right now that He loves you. Or you say, but you don't know what I've done. I feel so guilty. I feel terrible. I feel condemned. I feel ashamed. I feel embarrassed. And that might be so. But this morning, God's love for you is greater. He loves you. He knows exactly what you did. Come on. He wouldn't be God otherwise. What's important is, do you have it within you to come as you are? Do you have it within you to open up your heart and receive This amazing love and forgiveness, I believe you have it within your heart. I believe that you're at that place this morning. And so right now, in the different campuses, I know that our time is up. Those of you that say, Pastor, would you pray for me? My life is not right with God. I'm hanging around at sixes and sevens right now, and and I, I need you to pray for me. If that's you, if that's you, whether it's Galloway, here, Mabel, Phoenix, Hillcrest, I want you right now, don't be shy. I want you just to lift up your hand. Say, here's my hand, Pastor. Here's my hand, Pastor. Here's my hand, Pastor. Here's my hand, Pastor. Here's my hand. Here's my hand. Go go ahead. Lift your hand right now. You know that you're away from God. Don't let the enemy lie to you. Don't let the enemy tell you that you're no good. You're disqualified. God qualifies you. This morning, just lift your hand wherever you are. All right? I want those of you right now, everybody, to pray this prayer right across the campuses. Say after me, Heavenly Father, I come to you today in Jesus' name. Just as I am with all of my faults, all of my failures, and all of my sin, and I ask you for forgiveness. Right now, I receive eternal life and the forgiveness of all of my sins, and I'll never be the same In Jesus' name, amen.